Number of ICE detentions up 70% under the Biden administration. All right, guys. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thinking Out Loud. Uh, we're going to try to keep this one a little bit short today, but we do have a lot of reading. Um, so something that's been in the news cycle recently is the ongoing immigration crisis or what you might call refugee crisis. Since President Biden has taken office, we have seen a huge increase in the number of immigrants coming from Latin America and South America. Now, we could do a whole video talking about why this is, what are the reasons for this huge immigration or refugee crisis. But suffice to say, for the shortness of this video, for the sake of the shortness of this video, this immigration crisis right now, the, the, the massive influx of the amount of immigrants trying to get into the United States in the last year or so, is the proverbial, you know, chickens coming home to roost. This is the result of, I mean, honestly, a hundred years, but particularly 40 or 50 years of American foreign policy in Latin America, in South and Central America. This is the result of, you know, the military industrial complex, the intelligence community, you know, purposefully, malignantly toppling left-leaning governments, installing dictators, you know, essentially turning Latin America into a, a, a series of, of colonies for the benefit of a, a handful of corporations and defense contractors. You know, it's also the result of the massive consumer drug market here in the United States, which has effectively turned these South American colonies, if you would, into narco states that are not only you know subservient to the corporate interests of say big fruit big coffee big chocolate but also subservient to the interests of of drug lords you know those who uh produce and 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 distribute and, and smuggle cocaine uh in in recent decades methamphetamine back in the 60s and 70s before you know there was a trend of, of marijuana legalization and growing here in the united states it was marijuana so really in short in just this massive influx of immigrants coming to the united states is is a result is a direct result of american foreign policy which has led to the impoverishment and the political instability of the majority of nations in Central and South America. But, you know, a, an increasing number of immigrants coming to the United States from the southern border is obviously an issue that has been in the American media, in the uh, American political consciousness for, you know, decades and decades. But it really didn't come into the spotlight until under Trump, when the mainstream media and stuff villainized him for the separating of families, the increase of uh, ICE funding, ICE crackdowns in American urban centers, things like that. You know, under Trump, the mainstream media really targeted him uh, for these policies of d uh, ICE detention, of, of separating families, etc. But the, but the truth is, and I'm sure many of you that watch this channel already know this, these policies began decades ago and really ramped up underneath Obama, who was known colloquially as the deporter-in-chief. And, you know, early on in the Biden administration, there was some reforms. You know, uh, there was reform in the Department of Justice, I believe, that they were no longer going to use for-profit prisons. I think a couple of these uh, bigger ICE detention facilities, uh, a couple of them that had received uh, maybe more media attention were, um, were shut down. And, you know, 
liberals in general, the mainstream media, you know, once Biden took office, once he did these sort of uh, small reforms, kind of, you know, uh, okay, we're going to just completely forget about this now. And in the following weeks after that, it kind of just, you know, flew in, uh, flew under the radar, you know, orange man, orange bad man's gone. We don't need to worry about this anymore. Everything's better. But unfortunately, the truth of the matter is um, everything is not better, especially for the massive influx of migrants that are uh, fleeing political instability and impoverishment and so Central America and the millions of people that are continuing to be detained uh, simply for seeking political refuge here in the United States. So on that note, I want to talk to you guys about this article here that I found from Truth Out. And now keep in mind, this is an op-ed, um, but it's very succinct. And I, and I, I want to talk about it because it gives a rundown about how some of these um, deportations and detentions have increased exponentially under Biden. So like I said, it is an op-ed. You may want to do some fact-checking yourself, but I just wanted to run this out for you guys as like a basis for you to do your own research. All right, let's jump into this here, guys. And I apologize ahead of time. There is a lot of uh, reading with this, but it is worth touching on. So says here, number of immigrants detained by ICE has increased 70% under Biden. 20 years ago, with almost no debate, the U.S. became a fortress state focused on limiting the rights of immigrants in the name of national security. In the wake of 9-11, every aspect of the existing immigration enforcement infrastructure expanded. From immigration agents to immigration jails, euphemistically referred to as detention centers in miles of border wall. Since then, over 5.8 million people have been imprisoned in U.S. immigration jails. That's a huge fucking number. Over 20 years, 5.8 million people have been detained by the federal government simply for trying to emigrate to the United States simply for trying to seek political asylum. Okay, 5.8 million. All right. And now I'm not trying to compare this to the Holocaust because it's obviously immense. It, it's apples and oranges. But 5.8 million human beings. Remember, they're not, they're not just immigrants. They're human beings with families, friends, careers, everything. They're human beings. 5.8 million of them have been detained in the U.S., since the implementation of, the, of these sort of programs, since the consolidation of these programs. Now, I know this is in the spotlight of the media right now. It's being talked about. You have uh, Kamala Harris's infamous statement where she's like, do not come. I know we're a, a Democratic candidate and we profess being more progressive and doing right by human beings, but we don't give a fuck. Don't come. We've all seen that speech by her by now. And I know, like I said, this is in the center stage of American media right now. But here's the thing. Eventually, you know, eventually we'd like to see this resolved. And we will look back on this period in American history as an atrocity. Just like during the Indian Removal Act of 1830, you know, during that time period there was a lot of debate and stuff about it. Was it right? Was it wrong? But it kind of just, for the most part, flew under the radar. And everyone was like, oh, manifest destiny. This is, this is just what it is. Fuck these Indians. You know, and it wasn't until, you know, 150 years later or, or, or however long in the modern era when people were like, oh, that was a fucked up thing we did. Oh, my bad. Right. But that's the thing. 5.8 million people being in prison in the U.S. over 20 years. We will look back on this. I don't fucking know when. 50 years from now, 100 years now, maybe after the United States collapsed and we moved to a, a whole different fucking science fiction fantasy world that we all want to live in where everything's better and there's no inequality, blah, blah, blah. 
we will look back on this as a species for what it is an atrocity a, a crime against humanity you know people uh, history students will look back on this and be like oh you, you mean the wealthiest country on in on the earth with the most space compared to every other nation on the planet didn't want to take in immigrants despite the fact that it was their foreign policy and political decisions that caused this refugee crisis people will look back on that and they'll see it for what it is all right okay let's go on with this here for the past two decades, I've been part of campaigns that have exhausted every avenue we could think of to curb the expansion of immigration jails. But instead, policymakers have converted immigrants into numbers and have used quotas to set arbitrary detention and deportation targets, obliterating the value of human life. And see, all this, this immigration crisis, this refugee crisis, whatever you want to call it, is part of a bigger issue of the prison industrial complex. It's, it's no longer just about, oh, this is America and this is our land and, and we only have so many resources to go around and we can't just let everybody in. That's the way that politicians spin it to people, but it hasn't been about that in a long fucking time. It's been about the fact that there's a specific industry, an industry that makes its profit for its shareholders by imprisoning human beings. And despite all the debate between Democrats and Republicans and blah, 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 the reason why we don't see anything done about it is because these same corporations that make money uh, profiting off of, of human beings being incarcerated are bankrolling political campaigns. All right. They've wheedled their way into the Department of Justice, into uh, immigration organizations or agencies in the government. They are a vested interest with political assets that will prevent anything meaningfully anything meaningful being done to curb this going on here congress and immigration and customs enforcement ice has obsessively implemented quotas to incentivize immigration enforcement in 2009 democratic senator robert Byrd of west virginia inserted a bed, a bed mandate into the federal appropriations bill stating that ICE is required to quote-unquote maintain a level of not less than 33,400 detention beds. In recent years, ICE has become so fixated on quotas that it has embedded them into contracts even though the, even though the overall numbers of immigrants in detention plummeted during the pandemic, which means the federal government was paying for empty beds. And this is what I was just saying. Okay, this is a vested political and economic interest of a handful of people that are making money off of this sort of thing. And now, even during the pandemic, when the numbers went down for a little bit at the height of the pandemic, they were still making money off of empty beds. They have a vested interest to have people in prison, rounded up and prisoned. But you know what? That's capitalism for you. The main thing is somebody's making money, and that's good for all of us. You know what I'm saying? And you know, that's the thing, too. The next time you hear some fucking right-wing idiot and I'm sorry if you're a right-wing idiot listening to this. I, I, I do mean offense, but, you know. The next time you hear some right-wing idiot saying that ICE is defending my country from the, the bad people. Some of them are good, but they're rapists and drug dealers, and we got to keep them out of here. They're, they're doing God's work, goddammit. You can just tell them that these people are the modern-day equivalent of fucking slave patrols, of, of, of runaway slave capturers, man. Their job isn't to defend America from immigrants 
what the fuck do you think immigrants are doing that's destroying this country, man? They're coming in, they're seeking asylum, and they got to get a job and do the same sort of shit that you're doing. Uh, yeah, they're the fucking enemy. Not the guys in a big silver badge and a nice khaki suit that are going up rounding human beings so that a handful of shareholders can make some extra cash. Now, that's, those aren't the bad guys. Those are the people defending our fucking country. Get real. With Joe Biden in office, there's a growing perception that immigration enforcement is less lethal. But the numbers tell a different story. The number of immigrants jailed by ICE has increased 70% since the start of the Biden administration. And we continue to lock up children, nearly 15,000 daily, in large-scale facilities and military bases. 15,000 children a day are locked up in ICE detention facilities. So if you're a right-winger watching this show and you're pissed at this long hair hippie telling you that ice is bad i just want you to think for a second just try to dig deep inside of yourself to that part of you that was a human being one time before your job and your boss and your shitty gold digging wife kicked it all out of you okay before somebody came and dug your heart out okay i just want you to try to find a little bit of empathy that's left inside of you if you need to envision your own child okay in you say you're the immigrant Getting your door kicked down and your kid put in handcuffs and you put in handcuffs and hauled away. I just want you to try to picture that and tell me that it's okay. That 15,000 children a day are being locked up by ICE. Look at me right now and tell me with a straight face that this isn't a fucking atrocity and that this is fine and this is freedom-loving America. Can you do it? Can you do it with a straight face? If you can, it's because you're fucking brain dead, all right? Going on with this. These conditions have been exacerbated by the pandemic. ICE has done little to keep COVID-19 at bay. We've all seen the stories of, in the, in the images and videos of people all fucking in, in piles, in fucking space blankets. That's a breeding ground for not just COVID, but every fucking sort of infectious disease you can imagine. Spreading infections not only inside immigration jails, but also in surrounding communities and to other countries through the deportations of thousands of immigrants. Although ICE was forced to release some people during the worst days of the pandemic, they are now continuing to ramp up detentions. You know, that's a... Sorry about that. The, uh, you know, that's another thing here that maybe some of us didn't even consider. I mean, I know, like I said, we've we've seen probably news articles and media streams about the spreading of, of COVID-19 in, in, in not just uh, immigration detention facilities, but in uh, prisons. But you got to think about, like, this is, like I said, a breeding ground for infectious diseases. And you get all these people together. Say you got 100 people in one of these big holding cells. One of them had COVID. By the end of that, 100 of them have covid and now imagine you're deporting all of them back to whatever country they came from. Yeah. And now, where? and then they end up back in their... So you just, like, had this breeding ground for COVID-19. You had one person that had COVID. Now you get 100. And then you ship them back to wherever, to a, a million different little fucking villages and, and cities. And then that's... I mean, it's astronomical. And not just that, you know... Not that I give a fuck about the guards because they're the ones uh, carrying out this inhumane policy, but the guards, they go and they're dealing with these immigrants and then they catch COVID from the immigrants and then they bring the COVID back to their own homes and back to their own American communities. So let's say you don't give a fuck about immigrants because they're brown people. I get it. You're a racist. You know, I'm I, whatever. I understand. 
But this is bad for your white community too, dude. You know, your white American God-fearing Christian community is getting COVID because of, because of these ice guards, man. This isn't good for anybody. None of this is good. All right. The creation of the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, after 9-11 consolidated power across multiple federal agencies and normalized the idea that immigrants are a security threat. The war on terror, quote-unquote, has not only wreaked havoc overseas, but also on immigrant communities across our country and all those seeking asylum at our borders. As a result, the U.S., our freedom-loving democracy, our grand democratic republic, has the world's largest immigration detention centers. Not China. You know, not the former USSR. The U.S. has the largest detention population. Also the largest prison population as well. And the federal government continues to throw billions of dollars at federal agencies and prison profiteers, imperiling hundreds of thousands of immigrants each year. But yeah, you know, no health care. And, and you know, this goes on with, you know, a video that I did, fuck, I, it's probably been a month or two now, The War on Terror Comes Home. And, and in that, I, I talked about how the federal government was listing certain political ideologies as domestic violent extremists. And th this part of the article here makes a, a good point that maybe I didn't uh, encapsulate or articulate very well in that last video where we talked about this. This has been an ongoing process. You know, it says here, the creation of the Department of Homeland Security after 9-11 consolidated power across multiple federal agencies. That's another thing with this immigration uh, crisis and the way that we are handling it by detaining and deporting immigrants, putting them in prisons. You've set up this infrastructure for, and this goes with for-profit prisons as well, you've set up this infrastructure that is dedicated to the rounding up and the detainment of millions of human beings. Okay, And if you're a freedom-loving right-winger, that should scare the fuck out of you, man. You have a surveillance state. You have a military-industrial complex uh, defense contractor profiteer state. you got a government that destabilizes regions all over the world without your fucking vote. And now you have all these intelligence agencies and surveillance and, and homeland security agencies all wired together in this very tight-knit way. To where they have the power and the precedent to lock up human beings. Okay? If you don't care about the brown people, alright. But it's a hop, skip, and a jump. It's this little fucking switch right here. For them to flip that fucking grid on your ass. And how you don't understand that and how people don't see that and how it doesn't terrify people is fucking insane to me. You know, again, I'll make a loose Holocaust uh, Nazi Germany reference. The rise of Hitler took a fucking decade before he had complete consolidated power. It took a decade for the Nazis to get all their, their shit together so they could do their cool-ass fucked-up shit, right? That's what's happening here, slowly. Over decades, the creation of the surveillance, military, industrial, police state, okay? The camps in, in Nazi Germany weren't built overnight. It was a little bit at a time. First, they put them in the ghettos, and then they did this, and then they moved them. And then the next thing you know, there was ash pouring down over the little German villages, 
Okay? And I'm not saying that's going to happen here. Obviously, I don't want that to happen here. But it's 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 literally the same kind of fucking process. And if you can't see that, you're you're blind. All right, let's round this off here, guys. Biden's early moves on detention in private prisons should not be overlooked. DHS publicly ended contracts at two abysmal jails in Georgia and Massachusetts that had received considerable activist attention. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, in a congressional hearing earlier this year, stated that there was a quote-unquote overuse of detention, and Biden issued an executive order to phase out the Department of Justice's DOJ use of private prisons. But despite these moves, Biden has backtracked. Earlier this summer, the DOJ argued against a California law that would ban private prisons in the state, contradicting his own administration's stated priorities. Subsequently, it was also revealed that a shuttered DOJ private prison in Pennsylvania will be converted into a new ICE jail, raising questions about the administration's commitment to downsizing ICE's footprint. And, you know, this... um, ties into a larger issue that we have in this country with the progressivism and I, and I touched in my AOC video. Uh, performative political theater. Manufacturing of consent. You know, this is what presidents and lawmakers have done for time and a memoriam in this country. Is they make a small change... And they publicize, you know, they put it all over the, the media, and, they're like, and then people, in their minds, their consent is manufactured. They're like, oh, it's getting better. We did it. You know? And this is the issue with pandering to politicians with having this demagoguery. Is then they do shit like this, and then you're like, oh, that's fucking great, and then you forget about it. And then, you know, once everything's died down, and some other shit's happened in the news cycle, then they open the prisons back up. They do whatever the fuck they were doing before. Sometimes they even ramp it up. Okay? And that's an issue, and that's why no matter how much you like a politician and like some of the things they've done, it don't matter who it is, it's Biden, it's fucking AOC, it's fucking Trump, it's whoever you like, okay? You still got to watch them, because they're fucking politicians, man, okay? And by their very nature are opportunistic little fucking, you know, uh, playwrights, theater actors, all right? But yeah, guys, that's all I have from this article here, um just want to have a little rant on it do a rundown for this and you know like i said do your own research on this you can fact check me if you have more resources i'd love to see them in the comment section but this is an ongoing issue that isn't going away anytime soon okay and as some of these uprisings against american colonialism in south uh in central america continue uh, as climate change continues to exacerbate weather conditions and, and global warming makes uh, more and more areas inhospitable and and contributes even more to political instability and uh, economic instability, immigration is only going to continue, not just here in the U.S., but to other developed or northern hemisphere nations. So this issue isn't going away. And as a matter of fact, it's only going to get worse. And as we continue to see the evangelical, televangelist, uh, neo-right, new-right uh, consolidation of power in the U.S. political system, you can really see a future where as this problem continues to get worse, the measures that are used to uh, detain it or encapsulate it will get worse as well. But yeah, guys, as I said, that's all I have for you. As always, I'm, I'm thinking out loud. I'm, I'm rambling. The name of the show 
Uh, drop a comment. Let me know what you think about this. When Biden first uh, implemented some of these reforms that I talked about in the article, were you feeling hopeful? I know that for <laughs> a couple of short weeks, I was feeling hopeful too. I, I really wanted to believe things were going to get better, but obviously we are seeing a real back of that. In your view, how do we handle this immigration or this refugee crisis? Uh, how do we handle the, the DACA issue? You know, we have millions of undocumented immigrants in this country. Do we implement a ease of citizenship program in order to get them in here and, and on the, the tax payroll, all this sort of thing, get them incorporated in the actual legal infrastructure of our country? In your view, what is the way that we ta tackle this ongoing immigration or refugee crisis issue? Drop a comment. Let me know what you think. But yeah, as always, guys, it's been great hanging out with you. And until next time, I'll speak with you again soon. Bye. Yes, I know.